when I think of the color green, I guess I think of, like, people think of money, obviously. Um, I think of things growing and flourishing and thriving. So kind of like what we were just talking about, like, eating this way makes you just want to be a better person. So to me, making green is just constantly growing in every area of my life. And eating this way makes me thrive and allows me to flourish. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. This week's episode is sponsored by my program, Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life. Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to help people make the transition to a plant-based lifestyle, and in doing so, to heal inflammation, to lose weight, and finally keep it off to kick the medications, to heal the aches and pains, and take your health and life into your own hands and be around for years to come and truly enjoy all life has to offer. The program is not a diet or crash fitness program. It's a lifestyle change. Over the course of the seven weeks, I work with you to transition to a plant-based diet, how to incorporate basic movement into your daily life, how to breathe and reduce stress, and I give you all the tools you need to live this lifestyle for years to come. I teach you how to shop, how to cook, how to exercise, how to breathe, and how to truly change your life. By the end of the seven weeks, all you have to do is just keep doing what you're doing and keep living the lifestyle we've put in place. Notice I say lifestyle. That's because a lifestyle change is the only true way to long-term sustained health and wellness. The course is totally online and can be done from anywhere in the world. Um, then you talk with me weekly to answer questions and keep you on the right path to success as we go. Um, I'm currently enrolling people to start next Monday, June 12th. So to join, hop on over to eatgreenmakegreen.com coaching and schedule a call with me. Spaces do fill up pretty fast each month, so make sure to schedule your call as soon as you can. And I really look forward to working with some of you and um, changing your life. So I've been listening to some older episodes, and I'm not really digging the kind of scripted intros anymore. I think it's just better if I just talk to you like this. I think it's more authentic, and it, it's, it's better for you guys, and, and I enjoy it more as well. Um, so I got an awesome episode coming, um, and again, before I kind of give the intro, uh, it's another story, so second cancer survivor I've had on the podcast, and again, another story of when your life depends on it, and you do the research, and you research nutrition and health like your life depends on it you come out plant-based, you come out vegan, um, because that's what all the real science points to that's going to, you know, keep you disease-free and keep you healthy. Um, so again, just, um, you know, if you're somebody, you know, considering a, a plant-based lifestyle, 
uh, again, you know, just, just spend the time to do the research or, you know, get, get your family members in a room and, you know, have them watch Forks Over Knives or, or somehow present them the research, you know, have them read uh, How Not to Die and things like that. Just anything you, you can do to, um, you know, show somebody the real science and, in you know, especially your family, because we all want our families to be healthy and whatnot. But again, uh, just another example of that. Uh, that's, that's where everything points and that's how you're going to, you know, uh, keep, keep disease at bay and, and live your best life. So, um, on this week's episode, I sit down with Lauren Previty, who is uh, local to the South Shore here, uh, south of Boston. Uh, a lot of you probably recognize the name Previty, um, as their their Lauren's parents own a uh, local uh, deli and really popular uh, deli and sub shop. Um, and for the local listeners, it is pronounced Previty. Uh, everybody seems to have a different name for that, the, the deli. Uh, but anyway, Lauren, a couple years ago, uh, she started having a bunch of different health issues from her kidneys failing to bladder infections and kind of a bunch of these like sort of unexplainable issues. And she's going in and out of hospitals and doctor's vi- visits and whatnot. And then kind of a routine trip to her OBGYN uh, turned into a, a life-changing scare with uh, a rare cancer. And after an emergency surgery, doctors basically told her that uh, once they knew what it was, they didn't even know what it was going into the surgery, but once they found out what it was that, you know, there is up to an 80% chance of this tumor just coming right back. Uh, and she was just determined to make sure that didn't happen. And so after, you know, hours of, of researching, watching YouTube videos, uh, she overnight adopted a plant-based vegan diet. Um, and it's been a year and a half since, and there's just absolutely no sign of the cancer returning. And sitting down with her and seeing just how amazing she looks, how vibrant and full of life she is, and hearing about what she eats and does every day, I mean, it's just, it's, I, I'm very confident saying that, you know, cancer has absolutely no shot at making a comeback because she's just totally on point in just a pillar of, of health. And you, you, you just see it uh, when you talk with her and interact with her. Um, so this is, this is a conversation about taking your, your health into your own hands and not being uh, subject to uh, the doctor's visits and all these kind of things she went through. Um, and she just she took her health into her own hands with, with diet and lifestyle. Um, so awesome conversation, probably the most inspiring episode to date. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, so without further ado, the absolute rock star Lauren Previty. All right, we got Lauren Previty here in the house. Lauren, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, so the connection here is I went to BC High years back with your brother. Yep. For a couple of years, and you're obviously a local family, and uh, 
Most people know the name Brevity because of kind of the family uh, business yep, that we'll talk right. about uh, a little later. And in, in what we're going to clear up the pronunciation for you South Shore <laughs> folks that are listening. Um, but uh, again, thanks for coming. Thank and, you. And um, to kind of get rocking, can you just tell us a little bit about you, about your background, kind of life growing up? Uh, you grew up in Hanover, Mass, right? I grew up in Braintree. Braintree, I'm sorry. Yep. So I grew up in Braintree um, with my brother, my parents. Um, had a pretty normal South Shore childhood. Um, been a dancer my whole life. Went to the Boston Conservatory. Um, and I'm a dancer, teacher. I teach fitness. And that's me, pretty much. Yeah, so yeah. where did where'd you go to school? Um, Boston Conservatory. Okay. Or before that. Yeah, mean? before that. Um, like so the I whole, give me the Saint, whole. St. Francis, K Saint through Francis. 8. Yep. And then I went to Fontbonne Academy for high school. Nice. So Catholic school for 12 years. <laughs> Fellow Catholic school. Yep. Yeah. I was St. Paul's then okay. BC High for a little bit at least uh-huh. until I, you know, switched gears and went public. Yep. But uh, cool. So yeah. uh, so what do you do now? So Tell us I, what's... I dance professionally in a company in Cambridge called Dance Currents. Um, I've been doing that pretty much since I graduated. Um, I teach ballet. I teach at a studio in Easton and also at the community center in Hingham. And I teach bar at Pier Bar in the shipyard. Nice. So yeah. where where does the kind of love for dance slash fitness, is this something that you did when you were really young? Like, t- talk to yeah. us about that. So um, I, like, tried sports when I was young. I did a little bit of soccer. I ice skated. But I always just went back to dance. It was really, like, the only thing I ever wanted to do. Um, so I was never an athlete. Like, even now, if you throw a football at me, I will not <laughs> catch it. Like, so not coordinated in that way. Um, and then, you know, fitness kind of goes along with that anyways. Um, in school, we took Pilates, we did yoga. And so I've kind of always loved that aspect of it and how it... Um, just like the two kind of work together. Right. It's yeah. like, you got to be somewhat fit to be yeah, a good it's, dancer. It's right? important. Um, yeah. it, as far as like preventing injuries and keeping your body in the shape that you want it to be, um, aesthetically, but also just, you know, you need a certain amount of flexibility and strength. And, um, so that has always been interesting yeah. in, interested to me. So what's, because it's an important part of dance, what's mm-hmm. kind of the, uh, norm for like, you know, I, I played football all yep. growing up and into college and it's, it's high protein, you know, protein, 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 like what's kind yep. of the standard in the dance world to, you know, stay in shape and, uh, you know, avoid injury, as you said, like what's right. kind of, what do they, what do the teachers say? What do, uh, what's the so norm? Dance is interesting because there's a lot of, um, what you shouldn't eat and, you know, there's a lot of eating disorders, and mm-hmm. um, so that that was always kind of like a struggle with my classmates, and you know, every dancer talks about what they're eating and not eating. And, yeah. Um, but same same thing, you know, protein, low carb, um, little bit of fruit, coffee, diet coke, like that sort of thing yeah. to keep you going. Um, now it's it's more focused on like fueling your body to dance well. Um, but even like when I was in college, it was, you know, you have to look a certain way. So whatever you have to do to get there, do it. Nobody really, nobody cares. Yeah. Like just do what you have to do. Yeah. So, um, there was a lot of like weird disordered eating in college. Yeah. Yeah. But well, same type of thing, like low carb, even like low calorie, um, caffeine, 
that's pretty much yeah like lots yeah. of snacking like you know a banana here a little like handful of trail mix there <clears throat> and yeah that's so pretty much it <laughs> so why is there like the little fruit mentality is that a carb sugar thing sugar yeah, yeah. yep yeah mm-hmm. What's yeah, your, while we're, while we're on this kind of topic, what's your take on, on that right there? The um, I'm actually not a fan of fruit mm-hmm. to begin with. I've never like enjoyed it that mm-hmm. much. So I don't eat a ton of fruit, but I mean, obviously we know like fruit doesn't make you fat. Yeah. <laughs> if you eat like maybe 40 bananas every day, like, yeah, maybe they'll gain a little weight, but um, it's just such like bullshit. You're yeah. To say that? <laughs> yeah. You're totally, totally. <laughs> okay. It's encouraged. Cool. So, all right. So, um, so we're dancing all through school. Yeah. You're, you're working now both in fitness and dance. Um, at some point, um, a, a health scare comes, mm-hmm. comes in. Yeah. At what point does this happen? So, um, <clears throat> this was maybe four years ago. So I've been out of school. I've been working, and um, I just randomly would get sick, like weird, weird symptoms would happen to me. Um, I ended up in the hospital a few times with a virus that they couldn't identify. Um, to this day, I don't know what it was. I broke out in these like hives almost. I had a crazy fever. Um, I had like the infectious disease doctor at South Shore Hospital like watching me. I was in isolation at the hospital, like no one could come in because they didn't know what was wrong. Mm. Just like weird stuff like that. I had um, like recurring uh, kidney infections, bladder infections. Didn't know why that was happening. One landed me in the hospital because I got so infected. It, it um, infected my blood. Just like weird things like that. I wasn't well for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was exercising. I've always been the healthy eater, what I thought was healthy Um, but I've always had a lot of fruit and vegetables and, you know, stuff like that. Drank my water, um, never a smoker, never like a big drinker. So, um, the main scare was I had this, um, called hydronephrosis. It's when your kidney backs up with fluid. It doesn't drain properly. So, um, that one kidney infection that I got into the hospital with, they said, you know, your kidney is like twice the size that it should be. It's going to start to fail. We need to fix this immediately. So they placed a stent in my ureter to drain the fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that for three months. It was the worst three months of my life. It was so painful. Um, it was just every time I had to use the restroom, it was like a stabbing pain in my side. Like it was so horrible. Mm. Um, so I had a follow up ultrasound after they removed the stent and um the tech said you know your kidney looks good everything's fine but you have this massive fibroid did you know that and I I didn't think anything of it my mom had fibroids like no big deal they go away or you know they don't cause any harm they're not cancerous yeah what is that what is um it's basically a mass that can grow um kind of like a cyst um on your ovaries and in your uterus so I think only women get them. Okay. Um, but they can cause some like period problems, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom had them and they're really common. Most women get them at some point in their lives. So I didn't think anything of it. Um, I was just happy to be done with the kidney doctor and, mm. uh, I was, I was over it at that point. So I would say like maybe six months went by and I just had this like light bulb of like, 
shit, maybe I should go get this checked out. Like, I felt fine. I wasn't sick. I had, like, no issues. Um, so I went to my, my OBGYN to get checked out, and they did an ultrasound. And he said, I don't know what this is, but it needs to come out mm. immediately. So um, he referred me to the chief of gynecological oncology at Dana-Farber. So, mm. like panic immediately yeah yeah um so they do more tests this went on for like weeks and weeks nobody knew what it was um this doctor thought it was like ovarian cancer which is is super serious like one of the most one of the deadliest cancers that you can get and another doctor um thought it was on my appendix and he's like no I think it's just this mass that grows in your appendix it's fine we'll just remove it they're going back and forth Ultimately, they decide that both of them have to go in and do the surgery because they, d- they can't come to a conclusion of what it is. Mm. So the day of my surgery, I signed my life away. I have no idea like who's going to do the surgery, what's going to happen. Um, could be your ovary. It could be your appendix. could be your intestines. Like We, we don't know. And you're not going to know until you wake up, basically. Um, so they were hoping to do it laparoscopically through a, a scope which is um, they just make two little incisions, one for the tool and one for the camera so they can see. But there's a possibility of open surgery too. So, you know, obviously that's a bigger recovery and um, all of that. So they thought maybe an hour, two hours, seven hours later, I woke up. Um, they had to do an open surgery. Wow. So, so you went into that not knowing if they were going to do nope. one version or the other? Nope. Wow. Yeah. So they said, we're hoping to do laparoscopically, but we're not sure. This thing looks kind of big and kind of stuck. Um, Also, within like the three weeks from when I saw the doctor to surgery, having surgery, the tumor grew like three or four centimeters. Wow. So like that's that's crazy growth. So they were just like, we need to get this thing out of you immediately. Um, So they removed the tumor. Along with the tumor, they removed my appendix and my right ovary. They, nothing happened to my intestines. Thank God that would have been like mm. huge, um, open surgery. It was a huge recovery. Like I couldn't walk. I couldn't even like take my legs off the bed. It was so, so horrible, but, um, they still didn't know what it was. They said, you know, we, we don't really know what this is. So we got to send it to pathology. We don't know if it's cancerous or not. Comes back a week later as a desmoid tumor, um, which is super rare two out of a million people get diagnosed every year. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I'm like, what the hell is this? I've never heard of it. They don't know, like, what they're dealing with, really. Um, so they referred me to a sarcoma specialist at Dana-Farber, and that's who I see now. So, so it's, what's that, it's, sarcoma? It's, um, it's classified as, like, a soft tissue cancer, um, but there's this debate in this in the medical world now of whether to call it cancerous or not because the the type of tumor it doesn't um metastasize so it doesn't move from like one part of your body to another yeah but the nature of them is they grow these kind of like tendrils so like kind of like an octopus like with the legs and what happens is um they'll attach to like organs and arteries and kind of compress them so like that's what was happening to my kidney it was compressing my ureter and restricting the flow of fluid down to my bladder. Mm. Um, 
I was lucky that it took, you know, you don't need your appendix and you can, you can function with one ovary. Like, but lots of people, um, they can grow in your legs too, in your arms. So lots of people get them near like, you know, your femoral artery or your heart or your lungs, or they'll attach to your ribs and kind of like compress your lungs. So, um, they, they can be deadly in that way. Yeah. And the other thing is that they have this high recurrence rate. So 50 to 80% um, that are removed from surgery come back. Mm. So they knew it was a desmoid. They would have never done surgery. They would have tried um, like chemo or radiation first to shrink it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, what's that like? Like, I just can't even imagine, like, obviously there's a problem yeah. in... You're going to, you know, you're at Dana-Farber. You're at, like, right. the best in the world, yep. and you can't get a clear answer mm-hmm. on, on what's going on. Like, what, what is that like? Like, that, um, that just seems It's just crazy. It's, it's frustrating, and <clears throat> um, honestly, it was, it was kind of like a blur. It's like a blur to me right now, like the going back and forth, and them, and then, like, them going back and forth, and just kind of like you lose your, you know, you go to the doctor and you trust that they know what they're talking about yeah. and that they're going to fix it like automatically. Yeah. So you kind of lose your faith in, in them and their, um, expertise. Yeah. You know, so it's scary. It's, you know, you you have your life in their hands and you're like, Oh my God, they don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. So, um, in this case it was something that like I couldn't fix. Mm-hmm. So I had to just like leave it up to them and, hope for the best, but yeah, it was definitely scary and frustrating yeah. and, um, and there was lots of anxiety. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So that is four years ago. Uh, this was, so my surgery was a year and a half ago. Year and a half ago. Okay. It was four years ago that all these weird things started happening yeah. to me. So it, it kind of took, they, they suspect that's when the tumor started. Okay. So mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Yep. Um, and no issues since. Um, no. So it's been a year and a half and I am tumor free. I get checked every three months, um, with an MRI and I've been healthy ever since. Nice. So how, how has this experience changed your life? You know, what? So I would say the biggest part is my lifestyle. Um, what I put into my body and on my body is super important to me. Um, and just, it just makes you like, just grateful for everything. Just mm. have more gratitude and not stress about like these bigger things that you think are, you know, so important. And yeah. just focus on like the little things and your relationships and your day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Puts things in perspective. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah. on the on the lifestyle side, yep. on the on the diet and lifestyle side, how has that all kind of changed? So. Um, when people have these tumors, there's a genetic defect that can cause them to grow and to form. So they tested me for that, and I don't have it, which is good. But um, it kind of left me with no explanation of, like, why did I get this? Mm. Um, so I started doing research, you know, Google. And another thing that can cause them to grow and grow so quickly is um, a surge in hormones. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on the pill, the birth control pill, for 12 years. So immediately I stopped taking the pill. And um, it just kind of caused this, like, what else has hormones in it? Or, like, how else can I, you know, make a change? Food. Yeah. Meat, dairy. Yep. So pretty much cold turkey, I 
went vegan overnight. Yeah. Yeah. So specifically you're reading about the hormones. So hormones are obviously a lot of, uh, you know, something a lot of people don't know is that, you know, uh, dairy products, right. They come from pregnant cows, you know, right. those are pregnant cows. Hormones are through the roof. Mm-hmm. And then you're obviously consuming those hormones through yeah. the dairy products, whether right. it be milk or cheese or, mm-hmm. or anything. Um, and same thing on the meat side. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, grass-fed or, you know, right. free-range or whatever you want I mean, to call the it, they, they still have hormones. the animals to grow so fast is by injecting them with hormones. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at a chicken breast, like, they're freaking huge. Yeah. Like, a chicken breast sh- shouldn't look like that. Yeah. Um, and same thing with the cows. Like, they need them to grow quickly. hmm So, you know, they inject them with these hormones. We eat them. They get into our bodies. Yeah. Um, so that, that was really, like, eye-opening for me. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, you think about milk. It's, like, milk is fed to a calf to make it grow. Yeah, like an animal. Like an animal. Yeah. We don't need to consume that. Like, we... That's, that's not made for us. Yeah, we've, we've no business consuming yeah. an animal's milk for its, its calf. Right. Just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make it. sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So... So that was was hormones your focus? Um, just reading up on, on the hormone side of it. Mm-hmm. Were there any other kind of resources you found? Uh, doctors, books you read, things like that? Yeah, I mean, pretty much like what every vegan reads. I yeah. did, um, you know, a lot of Dr. Greger's stuff, mm. um, Dr. McDougall, Starch Solution, China Study, all that stuff. Yeah. Even like YouTube was a big resource for me. Um, I would just go to YouTube and I found all these people that were vegan and, you know, just watching like what I ate in day videos. And, um, I always loved to cook. So that was like, you know, like finding recipes and stuff and just what, what people were eating. Um, but yeah, documentaries on Netflix, forks over knives, you know, all that stuff. Um, even still, like I, I'll spend hours on YouTube just like searching for people and recipes and, People's stories even is pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a huge thing for me, too. Just being, like, reading the stories of people. Like, for me, like, nothing compared to your health issues. I don't want to, you know, my issues were very trivial compared to what you have. No, but if you have an issue, it's an issue. But, you know, know, allergies, asthma, these things that are, like, very normal. Mm -hmm. And then just reading, like people just getting rid of them simply yeah. by changing what you ate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as I got more and more into it, you know, hearing stories like, like yours of people, you know, beating cancer this way and yep. reversing heart disease and all these stories. And you're just like, holy crap. And, yeah. you know, the more and more you dig into it, you know, it all, all, all the real science, you know, stems back to the fact we're eating animal products and highly processed foods yep. and... You know, it's just, we're not meant to eat them. Right. Uh, simple as that. Have you ever looked at, um, I think his name is Crispy Cancer. Do you ever watch any of his videos? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, he's this, this kid. He was diagnosed with um, colon cancer at age like 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. And he, he tells this story in all of his interviews, all of his podcasts, his YouTube videos. He had like 80% of his colon removed and the first thing that he woke up to that they served him in the hospital 
was like a sloppy joe. Yeah. And that was like his eye-opening moment. And yeah. um, he went totally vegan, started juicing, and he's been cancer-free for like five or six years. Yeah. I mean, and there's it, just so many stories like yeah. that. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, so it's normal. That's like, that's the thing. It's normal to eat animals. Like right. we just live in a world that it's just normal to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, we just don't, most people just can't wrap their head around that what's so normal and so regular has such a negative impact on our health mm-hmm. and a number, number of other things, obviously too. Right. Um, but, uh, cool. So, um, so YouTube videos, you're reading kind of the China study. So for people listening, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put links to kind of all the resources you gave and, and things like that. So, um, cancer tumor has not come back. Nope. Uh, none of that. Um, what else has changed, you know, in your, in your dance world, in your, in your mental world based on, on this diet change, other than just, you know, obviously the, the home run of, of preventing cancer from coming back. Well, but what else, what else has changed in your life with it? Um, I'd say the biggest thing is my energy level. Um, sometimes I, I actually didn't realize how low my energy was until I started eating this way. Mm-hmm. I think just because I was so starved of nutrients for so long, like it's amazing when you start flooding your body with nutrients, how good you feel almost like automatically. Yeah. Um, I, like when I first got out of surgery, I was doing a lot of juicing, a lot of smoothies, stuff like that. And just felt like so alive. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds so cheesy, but like you do, you just feel like you're on a different level. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I th- once I started like putting all these micronutrients and vitamins into my body, my energy was just through the roof. Yeah. Um, and even like I was carb deprived too. Like I, you know, I, my whole life pretty much was like low carb, low carb, low sugar, low sugar. Um, you know, animal protein, eggs, egg whites, like if, ugh, if I had to eat another egg white omelet, I seriously <laughs> would just throw up like so gross. But, um, I've competed in pageants and stuff too. And it's, it's similar to bodybuilding. It's, you know, chicken and broccoli six times a day and, you know, protein shake after your workout. And, um, so I'm, I was familiar with that and, you know, just always feeling tired, always being run down, getting cold. Like I haven't had a cold or a sinus thing since I started eating this way, Mm -hmm. um, just always being healthy and having energy and sometimes like too much energy. Like I'll go to work in the morning and teach very early in the, in the morning. And I remember like I got out of work, this was a couple weeks ago. And, um, I was like, I just want to go for a run right now. And I'm like, not a runner. I don't enjoy it really. But I was like, I'm just going to go for a run. And I went to Bear Cove and I ran for like an hour just cause I had to, I just had to. Yeah. And like, that I would have never, I used to dread doing cardio and like dread all of that. So just that feeling like, Oh my God, I can do anything. And like, I feel so awesome. Doing yeah, it. totally. Yeah. Um, on the athletic side. So I'm, I'm smiling this whole time. Cause I just totally relate to everything you're saying. Yeah. Um, recovery. Yep. Do you feel like you recover faster? Because yep. that certainly happened to me. Yeah. I mean, even um, I like to switch up my workouts a lot. Like, I don't have one thing that I do every single day. So if I, like, go lift weights or something, the next day 
I really am not, like, I feel like I had a good workout, but I'm not sore in the way that, like, before, like, oh my God, I can't get out of bed. I'm so sore. Yeah. And it's almost a few times I've been like, did I do it right? But like, no, I know I got a good workout. (laughs) Um, But the recovery is just so much faster. It's just like a, when you're working out, it's like a cleaner burn, I guess. Like you just feel like that clarity and that strength and there's no like dips, like no up and down. So that, that is like the biggest thing for me, I guess, Mm. especially because, you know, my day starts at five in the morning I go teach a 6 a.m. class, and then I have to teach dance sometimes till 9 o'clock at night. So it's it's a long day, and yeah. I'm moving the whole time. Mm. I might have, like, a couple hours of downtime, um, which I, like, I will force myself to, like, sit and relax. And But um, I could work out, like, I could do bar and then go to yoga and then go for a walk later, and I'm, like, good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So for people listening, you know, I'm, I'm looking at you, Lauren, incredible shape. Like you look awesome. Fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> so for people listening, uh, women in particular, walk mm-hmm. us through a day of like a, a typical diet day. If, okay. if you have any sort of routines or maybe it, it varies every day, but a it, typical day. Okay. Um, a typical day. It does vary for me. Um, one thing I, I've learned, which I think is important, especially for women is, um, to kind of adapt this intuitive eating. So, um, like for me, I'm not a, a big fan of breakfast, so I don't force myself to eat breakfast. And I don't need to eat breakfast to like get going. I haven't eaten yet today. Yeah, yeah so, so that's <laughs> something um, I kind of play around with uh, is intermittent fasting, um, which some people say for women it's not the best because it can kind of mess up your, um, your hormone levels and your blood sugar and all of that. But, I find that it doesn't. I I tend to um, do better with that. Mm. So definitely, like, listen to your body and um, just give it what it wants. Like, really listen. So most days I get up around 5 o'clock. I always start every day with a huge glass of water. Sometimes I put lemon in it. Sometimes I don't. I don't think that matters that much. Um, Get things moving, wakes me up. And then I make coffee. And um, in my coffee, I put... This is kind of like bulletproofy. Like I don't yeah. know, we probably don't want to go there, but um, it it works for me. So I do. I put in um, some full fat coconut milk and a little bit of MCT oil, and then I'll put in. I have these like liquid probiotics. I'll put those in there, and I blend it up and have that, and that keeps me full and energized until it depends. Sometimes it's eleven. Sometimes it's two. Like it, mm. I just listen to what I want and how I feel. Yeah. Um, so then around like one or two is when I have my main meal of the day. Cause that's kind of before I head off to work, like at my second job. So that's usually a huge salad. Um, I do like romaine, spinach, kale, cherry tomatoes, cucumber, red onion, sunflower seeds, avocado. That's kind of like my main, sometimes I'll put mm. parsley in there. Um, I make this really good dressing. It's lemon maple syrup, and Dijon mustard, which nice. sounds weird, but yeah. it's so good. <laughs> Mix it up. Uh, no oil. I usually don't put oil on it. It doesn't need it. Um, and then I'll either have, like, depending on how hungry I am, a sweet potato, or if I have, like, quinoa left over from the day before, I'll have some of that. Um, so that's, like, my lunch, my big meal. And then that keeps me full until dinner time. And then dinner is a similar thing. Like, I, I pretty much start with a bowl and just like whatever I have in my fridge, 
I'll like add it to the bowl. So I love like roasted veggies. I love chickpeas. Um, I love like a burrito bowl. So like I'll mm. saute some like peppers, onions, um, you know, with like some taco spice. So good. And do like brown rice, the veggies, black beans, avocado, sriracha all over it. That's like my favorite. Nice. Yeah. So that's like a typical day. So throughout that whole day, yep. right, you are not eating anything that the typical person would say has a bunch of protein in it. Nope. <laughs> Do you at any point think about the amount of protein, carbs, fat, that type of stuff you're getting? I don't. I really don't. Yeah. Um, and I used to. Like, that's a huge thing. Count your macros, you know? Yeah, right. Um, but... I don't like there, there are days I'm like, Oh my God, all I want is sweet potatoes and rice and oats. Then there are other days like where I don't even follow that format that I just described. I'll great. I'll like be grazer kind of, and I'll Mm. have like, you know, green juice in the morning. And then maybe like a couple hours later, I'll have some carrots and hummus. And then maybe I'll have some almonds and then I'll have like, you know, like a cup of soup or so again, it goes back to that like intuitive eating, really Mm -hmm. just listening. Like some days I'm just not that hungry. And I just don't want to eat that much. And other days I'm like starving and, you know, it depends on your, your exercise and your stress level and, you know, just your day. So that to me is, is, um, has been really helpful. Just kind of listening to my body and, um, giving it what it wants and what it needs. And I I think if everybody did that, like everyone would be so much healthier, Yeah. you know, and you, and when you do that, you're, you are going to naturally consume the right amount of carbs, the right amount of protein, the right amount of fat. Um, like I, I notice when I'm not eating enough fat, like my hair gets really dry, my skin gets really dry. So then I know like, okay, up the avocados, the Brazil nuts, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's just being like hyper aware almost of your body and people don't know how to do that. They like yeah. ignore all these things. Yeah. Um, again, that's the dancer in me, like constantly like looking at yourself in a mirror and you know, how do I feel today? What does my body feel like? So that has always been kind of easy for me to identify, but, um, even more so now with the way that I'm eating and working out. Yeah. Yeah. I think as athletes, people who were athletes kind of growing up and have always like, that's been their mindset. Mm -hmm. It's always like, you know, what's going to put on the most muscle or what, what's going to make me feel best when I work out. Um, are certainly more in tune with their body to begin with. Yeah. But I do think, as you said earlier, like you need to have that period of like, whether it's a juice cleanse or it's like a, you know, a a week of smoothies or whatever to, you know, really say, wow, like I didn't realize I can feel this good Mm -hmm. because most people like that I talk with, um, you know, that are, guys and that are eating meat and eggs all the time and everything. Yeah. They think they feel amazing. And (laughs) like I was there, I thought I felt amazing. I thought I was on point. I thought I was doing my thing, but it, I just didn't know. Like you don't know any better. You don't know. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't experienced anything different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think like it's important to, um, just be like open-minded and put like the, the protein and the carbs and all this like crap that we've just like made up. Right. Well, <laughs> and, like the other thing, like people, a lot of people don't know this. Like if you have an excess amount of protein in your body, 
it gets converted to sugar mm. and it stored as fat. Mm. Yeah. So like you don't need excess amounts of protein. It's going to make you gain weight. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, it's so messed up. Like the, and the amounts that people are eating. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's crazy. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So obviously like you were in a situation where, you know, your life depended on, on making a change in your health Mm -hmm. and you obviously jumped in, you did the research, you realized that, you know, you needed to be consuming more whole plant foods. You made the change. Was that, I know your back was against the wall, but to the average person that thinks it's so hard to eat and live this way, mm-hmm. like, was this a hard transition for you? Not at all. Um, in fact, it was kind of like a freeing decision for me. Um, I feel like I restricted so many things for my whole life anyways, like, you know, don't eat carbs, don't eat this, you're only allowed this amount of whatever. Yeah. So for me, it was like, oh my God, all these things that I can eat and the amount that I can eat. And it it was just like this abundance of food that I had never, like before, if you asked me like, do you want a banana? I would have been like, oh my God, I don't want a banana. Like you can't eat bananas, bananas make you fat. (laughs) Like just crazy bullshit things but um so for me it was it was like a freeing um decision yeah yeah not restrictive at all and definitely not hard um I think I think part of that is that I I do like to cook and I'm I've never been like a processed food person anyways so um that was kind of easy for me because I've always made my own lunch and cooked and stuff like that but it doesn't have to be a hard, a hard transition. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I always, think people like if once you get over that mental block and just do it, you're like, Oh, it's, it's actually not that hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I always say to people who think it's going to be like this restrictive thing. It's like when you break it down and you look at like meat and dairy, there's only like so much, like right. there's chicken, there's steak, there's beef mm-hmm. and there's cheeses and then there's eggs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, once you get into like the plant world, there's so many things you can eat. Yeah. Um, so it's like the restricting like the meat and dairy, everybody thinks it's like you're restricting your entire diet. Right. And they just don't know all the other things available that are plant-based out there that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, different times of the season. Like I get fired up when like different like fruits are in season oh, yeah. just because you're, it, you're constantly getting like new things and there's yep. like, I'm constantly trying new fruits, new vegetables that like exactly as you said, like just because it was green, like three years ago, I wouldn't have touched it. You know? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And there's also so many things you can make. Like the other day I made, uh, these cookies and it was just mashed banana, oats, vegan chocolate chips and honey, I think, or maple syrup. And it's like, those are chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. You know, like you can bring those to a party and yeah. eat them. You can, it's not that hard. Like you can make ice cream out of frozen bananas. Yeah. Like I made mint chocolate chip ice cream with frozen bananas, peppermint extract, and again, vegan chocolate chips. Like yeah. so good. Yeah. But if, if you, you know, you told somebody that, they'd be like, I'm not eating that. And if you just put it in front of them and they'd be yeah. like, oh, this is, this is awesome. If you told them it was actually this, like, ice cream. Yeah, like, people have this perception of, like, oh, vegan food is so gross. Like, I don't want to eat tofu. Like, I never eat tofu. I yeah. don't eat soy products because of my health um, mm-hmm. 
issues anyways. So I don't eat I don't eat tofu. I don't eat soy milk. But like, it it's not tofu and sprouts and you know like people think it's like this weird hippie yeah. thing and like I we still go to restaurants. We go out to dinner. Like we yeah. go to parties. You can always find something to eat. It's not that hard and it, you don't have to make a big deal about it. Mm. Mm. That's that that's I guess like the biggest thing. Like. I don't announce to ever like a lot of my friends don't even know I eat this way. Yeah. Cause I don't make a big deal about it. I yeah. don't like announce it at a party or like I don't pick a restaurant based on, you know, what they have. Cause I can find something to eat anywhere. Totally. You know, and you just have to be, you have to educate yourself on that. Like what's vegan, what's not. And just, you know, if you have to be a little bit picky at a restaurant with the waiter, like, it's fine. They'll, yeah. make, they'll make whatever you want. Yeah, right. You know, so I think just not making a big deal about it is, is um, like, people say, I don't want to be vegan. I don't want to go to a party and, like, not eat the cheeseburger or, you know, you know, make a big fuss at a restaurant. You don't have to. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's that whole social aspect of, like, yeah. being a pain in the ass or... Right. Uh, kind of or like drawing attention <clears throat> to yourself yeah, yeah yeah and especially like as a guy like for me like a big thing was like you know you're out with your guy friends and you know you order like a salad mm-hmm. and there's like this whole like what are you like on a diet that yeah, whole kind of right. like culture that's just like Dude, but you have to get over you know? that you know yeah, it's like yeah. you have to just like let them make their fun yeah like, exactly you guys suck whatever yeah and um that's kind of like how i've handled it too with my family um there's a lot of meat <laughs> at yeah. our family parties. Um, you know, my dad owns a butcher shop, and um, he's also a chef, and um, we're Italian, so there's tons of food at every gathering. Yeah, so um, this is a good uh, time to just ask you. Yeah. <laughs> so Previties is the name of the uh, shop that your, your family owns. Yep. And... For those that don't know, on the South Shore, like Previties, it used to be in Quincy, now it's yes. in Weymouth. Yep. Uh, but it's like everybody goes there for uh, specifically like the marinated steaks is what like my family mm-hmm. uh, goes yeah. there for and things like that. And yep. everybody goes there for lunch. It's like the po- awesome place yeah, for like the best the meats. <laughs> there's always a line at noon, yep. right? Um, so for the South Shore people that are pronouncing it wrong, Previty. Previty. It's called Previty. It's not Previts. It's not Previties. It's not Pervetties. It's Previties. Yeah, Previties. All right. I'm glad we cleared that up. Now everybody I cut you off though there. No. So it's just, you know, it's just kind of like being able to take what people say with a grain of salt and stick to what you believe in and... You know, if you're going to a party, make something and bring it. Mm. At least you know that there's going to be one thing that you can eat. Um, you know, it's just it's just not a big deal to me. Yeah, I don't make it a big deal. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's funny how you think like being vegan that you know it's again restrictive and like your like life has to revolve around like making sure you know things are vegan for you. But the funny thing that happens is your life stops revolving around food Mm -hmm. in general. Like for me, like at at social gatherings or parties or whatever, where I used to have the pressure of like, oh, don't eat the pizza, don't eat the brownies, don't eat the, right? That pressure just totally went away because it was just not something I ate. Mm -hmm. And I started just, my life didn't revolve around food anymore. Like I just looked at it as, 
as kind of fuel and Mm -hmm. in just my whole relationship with food changed just because I was eating the right things. And I didn't have this like addictive, like stress to kind of all the crap. Right. Well, because before it's like, you can't have it. It's going to make you put on weight. It's going to make you feel like shit. And now it's like, you don't want it anyways. Cause you know, it's just not going to make you feel good. Yeah. So it's like a diff. it's like a shift in how you, how you view it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And you, and you focus more on like why you're there. Like you go to a party to be with your friends, to talk about stuff, to, you know, build your relationships. And that's, it shouldn't be about what everyone's eating. It's about that. And then that makes you focus on it more too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So million dollar question here. Okay. Um, and I had another, uh, guest on the show, um, one of the early episodes that was a cancer survivor mm-hmm. is a cancer survivor and asked him the same question. Um, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. Okay. Do you wind up year and a half, two years ago with this tumor inside you? Um, and doctors not knowing what it is and, you know, having the operation and all this, if you, from the time you were, you know, young to, that point in your life to live the lifestyle and ate the way you do now? If I had the choice to? So if you, if you took your current lifestyle uh-huh. and you did that for the 20 whatever years yep. uh, leading up to that same point a year and a half ago, mm. do you end up in that situation? I would say no. Definitely not. I mean, 50 to 80% recurrence is huge. And a year and a half later, I have no, none. Yeah. So... Um, that kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So on that front, yep. so I kind of, I'm hesitant to donate to, uh, you know, places like Dana Farber and mm-hmm. kind of cancer research and because everybody seems to be searching for the cure. Right. right? Um, and that's what we pour all these billions and billions of dollars in into and my argument is let's take just a fraction of that and put it towards educating people on on lifestyle Mm -hmm. so that they don't end up in the situation in the first place yep what's having been through it and still going through it i mean what's your what's your take on kind of how the whole cancer research and cancer awareness and like all these walks for breast cancer and things that, which I fully believe are lifestyle diseases. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 95% of cancers I believe is caused by diet and lifestyle. Right. Um, what, what's your take on all of it? Um, so I, the cancer industry is, is a money-making industry Mm -hmm. to me. I, I believe we have a cure for cancer. Um, there's been so many stories and, studies that show you can turn on and off cancer cells with food and mostly meat and dairy. Um, I forget what documentary it was I was watching, but they did this study with mice Mm. and, um, they had the mice had these cancer cells and when they were giving the mice dairy, the cancer growth went up and when they stopped the dairy, it went down. Yeah. Literally you control it. And they did this multiple times with many mice Mm -hmm. so that to me like that's a cure yeah um there is a cure you know prevention is the cure prevention is the cure and but even when it even when it starts you can reverse you can reverse it yeah so um 
you know, Dana Farber saved my life, obviously, but, Mm. um, you know, it's kind of, it's loaded. Um, I, you know, if people know this, the more people know, you know, then we can decrease the numbers and, you know, that's huge. So I, I agree. I would, I would rather have the money be into, put into like educating people on food and lifestyle changes. Even like what you put on your body is super important. Like I don't wear a regular deodorant. I don't, I use like natural toothpaste. I put coconut oil on my body. Like I'm kind of a hippie in that way, but that matters too. Like your skin is an organ. It absorbs all of those chemicals. Um, so just, yeah, I think it's super important. Um, I would rather put my money and donate into something like, have you heard of the Gerson therapy? I haven't. No. Oh, so Dr. Yeah. Gerson, um, he started this. See, like we, need, everyone should know, know. about this. I it's know. so crazy. Um, he he has so many studies of how he has cured cancer. He actually has a center in New Mexico that people go and they just flood these patients with juice, raw juice, raw fruits and vegetables, and um, they do coffee enemas, which um, sounds so weird, but I guess it like stimulates your the caffeine in the coffee stimulates the kidneys and it kind of flushes everything out. Yeah. And he's had um, patients who they've gone through chemo. They've basically told them, like, you're going to die. This is it. Like, the cancer's everywhere. There's nothing else we can do. And they've yeah. gone to this center and been totally cured. Yeah. But but nobody's going to um, nobody's gonna encourage that, you yeah. know? People make money off chemotherapy and all these drugs, and yeah. that's how the doctors make money. So that, to me, is like is huge. Yeah. Yeah. You have to look them up. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely it's, look it's them amazing. up. It's amazing. You know, I've heard, of, I've heard of similar doctors doing that, mm-hmm. and definitely on, like, <clears throat> the heart disease side, like, it's almost common now, you know, right. um, mm-hmm. people going to kind of clinics and just changing their diet and, yep. you know, heart disease is gone and mm-hmm. they live for 40 more years and things yeah. like this. And, right. uh, but yeah, totally. We'll check that out. Oh yeah. It's great. Um, cool. So what is one thing that people maybe don't know about you that you'd want to share? But people don't know about me. Um, so uh, in September, I'm going to be attending um, Matthew Kenny's culinary program nice. in Florida. It's a, he has this um, company, Plant Lab. Mm-hmm. So it's totally plant-based, um, raw culinary program. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to be doing that and hopefully stay tuned for a vegan restaurant. Nice. Yeah. So I guess people don't know that because they associate me with dance and fitness, but yeah. cooking is like my other love. Yeah. And, um, so that's coming up. That's awesome. Yeah. That is excited. awesome. That's yeah. what we need on the South Shore. Totally. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so to touch on one thing you said about, uh, so products you put on your skin and things like that, mm-hmm. like you just named everything, yep. you know, I use, but, uh, so my girlfriend, Courtney, Yep. deodorant, like she's tried so many different, you know, non-aluminum oh, yeah. deodorants right. and vegan deodorants and things like that. And she hasn't found like a good one. Okay. That, so the one that I'm using now, it's called Primal Pit Paste. Primal Pit Paste. Yeah. Okay. And it, it actually works. Okay. Because I'm the same way. Like <laughs> I am sweating all day yeah. pretty much. And like, you know, you don't want to smell. Like, yeah. yeah you don't want to use like the chemicals, but yeah. like nobody wants to smell or be sweaty. 
It's good. It's a little sticky. It takes a little bit of getting used to the texture, mm. um, but it's awesome. Nice. Yeah. All right. Primal pit. I'm going to let her know that. It's good. So for, for people curious, mm-hmm. um, why, why the, the certain products on the skin? Um, is there any outside of like the chemicals? Like, have you, are you familiar with like microbiome and all that sort of stuff? Mm, um, not really. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, just, yeah. But, but I, I mean, just kind of like, you know, absorbing those chemicals. So mm. like, yeah, you, you don't want to eat them. You would never eat aluminum. Like you don't want to put it on your skin either. Yeah. And, um, you know, like aluminum deodorant has been linked to breast cancer. Mm. And so that to me is just, just as important, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So to somebody listening right now, mm-hmm. What advice, maybe they're a, a female struggling with health, maybe a dancer uh, mm-hmm. that kind of has that whole, or, or a model, or somebody that has that, like, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can to look a certain way. Yep. Uh, maybe they have health issues. Maybe they're, they're battling cancer. Maybe whatever it is, uh, somebody listening that, you know, is looking to kind of turn over a new leaf, get their health in order, and you know, live a better life. What, what do you recommend? What do you recommend kind of the first step is to, to make that happen? Um, so the first step I would say is to, to really think about why you want to do this, like why you want to make a change, what's important to you. Cause if you don't like truly believe it, you're not gonna, you're not gonna succeed at it. So really just kind of evaluate those reasons and then start with one meal. Um, for me, I would say the easiest meal to start with is lunch, actually. Um, breakfast, I think people are kind of married to, like, their bacon and eggs and that whole thing. Yeah. Um, lunch is easy. You know, most people have, like, a salad or a sandwich for lunch. So, you know, let's say you're at Whole Foods for lunch. You go to the salad bar, swap out your chicken, put some chickpeas on there. Yeah. Swap out the cheese, put, like, half an avocado, do some lemon juice and olive oil, maybe some sunflower seeds or whatever. That's going to fill you up. And that's not you're probably not going to miss the chicken that much. Um, or you get a sandwich, you know, instead of like a, you know, what a chicken sandwich or a steak and cheese, get a falafel wrap or, you know, a burrito. You can do rice and black beans and veggies and guac. And like, that's awesome. That's yeah. super filling. And so just start with one meal and then just try to incorporate more vegetables into your diet. Even if you're, even if you can't cut out, the dairy and the meat products right away. Just eat more vegetables. Mm. That's so important. Right. Yeah. And there is, you know, what I kind of call transition foods, right? Mm-hmm. There is the tofu. There is kind of the mock meats. There is the yeah. meat alternatives that, yeah, they're processed foods, but I do think, you know, they come without the hormones. They come right. without kind of the added crap that's in, you know, meat and dairy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, know, if that's your use, thing. If you, if you need... Those use yeah, them, use, use them, them to transition and, and help you get there and just and slowly improve as you go. Yeah. I think it depends on the person. I'm, I'm like an all or nothing person. So for me, yeah. it was like, I didn't use any of that stuff. I didn't need to, I honestly didn't miss eggs or cheese or any of that. Like I didn't miss it. But if you know that you're going to miss that or that you're going to need that transition, definitely use those mm. um, and see how you feel. Like evaluate every day. How do I feel when I eat this? How does that make me feel? How does it, what does it do to my energy? What did it do to my fitness? Um, and it's kind of, 
I still see it as an experiment, you know, um, finding like new foods, new ways of eating, new like styles and times work for me better. So just, you know, be your own advocate and experiment. Yeah. Yeah. So just something to point out. So I kind of asked you like, you know, for somebody trying to get their health in order and all we're talking about is food. Right. Um, what's your, you clearly feel health stems from food. I do. Yeah. Um, I think it's a huge part of our lives anyways. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of things that play into your health. There's, you know, your spiritual health, your emotional health, but food is number one. I Mm. really, I really do believe that. Um, like, yeah, go for a walk, find something that you love. Like not everyone's going to love CrossFit. Not everyone's going to love running. Find something that you love and try to do that. But if you don't like to exercise, like go for a walk Mm. or, you know, just move your body in some way. That's important too. Um, but food to me is definitely number one. Yeah. And when you nail down the food, when you make the food change, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, about you wanted to just up and go for a run Mm -hmm. out of the blue. Yeah. When you feel so much better, you just, you want to move. You want to go for the walk. Because you you need to, you need to use that energy. Yeah. And then, and then your spiritual health kind of, kind of comes into, you know, focus too. Because you feel, you just have this clarity yeah. And you just, something about it makes you like a more grateful person and you want to be a better person. Like it sounds so weird, but you do like yeah. you, you, you make better choices in your relationships, in your day to day. And it, it all kind of just comes together in that way. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, again, it's, I don't know if, I don't know why that happens. Yeah. If there's like oxygen is just like getting to your brain now or like yeah i don't know why that happens but yeah everyone i talk to almost can't put it into words but is saying exactly what you're saying yeah Um, i've I've been trying to like figure out why too like why all of a sudden like i've never was like a i never used to meditate like now every day i meditate i meditate before i go to bed i meditate in the morning like yeah I want to do things for other people. Like, mm. why? Why is that? But it's just like, like you said, maybe it's like the oxygen to your brain or just, it's just this clarity of, of your whole life. Yeah. And like, just always trying to be better in right. your health, your relationships, your spirituality, your career, all yeah. of that. And it all starts with food. It does. Yeah. It totally does. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, where can, People kind of reach out to you, get a hold of you, social media, that sort of thing. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. Um, it's kind of, my Instagram page is kind of random. I'll post recipes, what I'm eating, um, dance pictures, fitness stuff, kind of like motivational quotes and stuff. So it's just Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N underscore Previte, P-R-E-V-I-T-E. That's on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You can find me. That's it, really. I don't have cool. like a, a website or anything, but um, nice. Yeah. And if people want to uh, work with you, uh, fitness-wise. Yep. So you can find me at Pure Bar Hingham at the Shipyard. Um, I'm there pretty much every day teaching classes. So nice. Definitely come check it out. Nice. Yeah. All right. So I got one more question for you. Okay. So my brand is called Eat Green, Make Green. Yep. I believe that eating vegan, eating plant-based puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I do in my life. Um, that's kind of how I define the make green portion of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what does 
make green mean to you? Why do you live plant-based? Why do you live this lifestyle? Um, so when I think of the color green, I guess I think of, like, people think of money, obviously. Um, I think of things growing and flourishing and thriving. So kind of like what we were just talking about, like eating this way makes you just want to be a better person. So to me, making green is just constantly growing in every area of my life. And eating this way makes me thrive and allows me to flourish. So yeah, I guess that's I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I think we did it. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. That was fun. For those that are interested in adopting a plant-based lifestyle, you're in luck. That's what I do. I work with men and women all over the world to adopt this lifestyle, to heal inflammation, to get off their medications and treat their health at the source, which is with diet and lifestyle. My program called Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to teach you exactly how to transition into a healthier lifestyle And I give you all the tools, all the resources, everything you need to adopt this lifestyle and apply it to your life for years to come. For more information on my course, pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week. (laughs) 